let's be honest, everyone. It doesn't matter by the typography. Just give them the right fucking cards. Warren Beatty, you're listening. You got a not lot to answer for. To the... <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to that game for the silver. Hey Dunaway, I blame you as well. Welcome everyone, you're listening to They Came From The Silver Screen. This is a film podcast where each episode we digest a film, or in this case, uh, the uh, awards season that has just uh, just passed for us. Uh, I'm Just Trigenza, with me as always is Damien. Damien, how are we? Uh, one of my eyes is swollen shut and uh, I'm deeply disillusioned about life in general, but apart from that I'm doing great mate, how are you going? I mean, apart from the eye, it's nothing normal. I mean, out of the ordinary. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I should have just said, I have a swollen eye. I would have achieved the same result, yeah. basically. But uh, <laughs> hey, you know me. I like to strain for the dramatic. So uh, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So um, yeah, this week we're uh, we're going to be chit-chatting about, uh, about the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Just kind of going through the awards. Um, An interesting... Um, way it all happened. Um, of course, there is the the, the bit of fun about uh, La La Land mm-hmm. um, being called up on stage wrongly, and uh, and Moonlight uh, getting the the best picture. Um, I feel we are um, we we are the podcast that uh, that advocated that um, as soon as we saw La La Land. <laughs> Exactly. It's it's uh, anything but la la. It land. feels. <laughs> I I would I would I would humbly suggest um, that I don't think we actually suggested at the time that as long as anything except la la land won, we'd be happy. I think we're a bit more specific in our in our desires and in our notions of like what actually deserved uh, a best <laughs> picture. I don't I don't think. Uh, Look, I don't think there was like you know any of us that you know, no, bad like, 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 like sort of would have been like, re- than like, La La like Land. really sort of thought that you know. Oh fuck it! I'm gonna say I don't think there was any of us that actually really thought that Hidden Figures was going to win. No, I don't think so. No, and it I mean, been, I mean, like, I mean, like, look, it would be nice, but look, I think, I think we can. Um, we can be we can be very happy uh, about about its inclusion because it was a charming film in and of itself. But I think the operative word of of that is actually that it was charming. Was it moving? Yes, but only in the the, the saccharine old school uh, way that like you know a movie like The Help, you know, directed by John well, the, the John Madden was done. Another movie that was like you know. Black people aren't getting enough of a good go, so let's give them a movie where they take everyone by surprise. And if that sounds um, a little bit sort of on the nose, well, then I'm sorry about that. But, I mean, if anything, this whole... But those but, films but, are very important yeah, as No, well. no, no, they are very important. But I think, uh, if, if I can just allow, the, the point I was making is that... Um, the, the Academy patted itself on the back a lot this year because it had black nominees in every single category and they trumpeted that achievement to the stars as though it was the cure for racism in the industry in general. 
Mm. And and uh, I just got to say, one year of a decent spread of nominees does not an inadequate representation correct. Yeah, that doesn't garner leniency and it yeah. doesn't garner, like, for us to think that the Oscars ain't so white anymore. Exactly. No, it still is. Come I mean, on, like, like prove, uh, prove us wrong. Yeah. Continue to prove us wrong. Exactly. So, I mean, like, I don't think I don't, I don't think it was going to be a surprise to anyone that one year after hashtag Oscars so white, we weren't going to see a disproportionately enormous amount of black nominees across the board. I mean, like, just on a purely, um, you know, publicity standpoint, the Oscars weren't mm. going to survive two years in a row of having that hashtag with them. So, I mean, obviously they were going to go out of their way to try and recognise black films. But just because the films that they recognised were, I mean, Moonlight is absolutely inclusive and we're going to go to the, into this in a second, that it absolutely deserved to win the awards that it won. But to suggest that overnight it's... They, they've suddenly solved racism in Hollywood is is an absolute fallacy of the highest order. And so mm. the, the trick is going to be over the next two, three, five, and ten years whether they continue to demonstrate that level of A, solidarity, and B, inclusiveness. Because, I mean, uh, we look at uh, the BAFTAs. The BAFTAs this year mm. delivered... Uh, an absolute edict saying that films that on every level of production, including casting and crewing, if they didn't uh, exhibit a certain level of uh, racial equality, they would not be uh, in any way allowed to be included in uh, nominations. And that's a hard, like that, that's a solid foot down going line in the sand going, you got to do this. Yeah, exactly. And, to a certain extent, I don't know if I absolutely agree with that across the board, just because, I mean, I mean, certain, uh, you know, the, rea the reality of necessity. I mean, look, I mean, uh, and I have to go back, like every, si every single time I have to go back to um, when Oscars So White uh, occurred last year. And uh, Michael Caine and Charlotte Rampling came out and said, look, maybe the reason there aren't any black people is because the best nominees weren't black. And so, I mean, like, it, it's an interesting... I mean, so, like, the, the, the point I would suggest out of all of this is, is not that it's necessarily about, like, you know just nominating films that have black crew members and have black cast members. It, it goes back to the root of the whole scenario and it goes back to actually suggesting that this, this is a, a problem of inclusivity at the very base of the industry. You need to, you know, make this uh, stuff available to everybody. So, I mean, like, hmm. you know, write good parts and don't discriminate by color. Don't say like, you know, she, she's a white girl living in a weird world or anything like that. Just like write her as a woman and then cast whoever's the best part. Same to do with black people and white people and males and females. Like it doesn't matter. 
and like you know directors it should just be about the best job and i know I, it feels like this is like you know like third grade shit but i mean like hollywood historically speaking has already been about 50 years behind everyone else they're second only to the catholic church and being behind the fucking times you know so mm. i think it's actually just about like you know very slowly teaching these guys that like look just because you've included one film or like you've had one year where mm. you've had a decent bit of representation by people of color that doesn't mean you're out of the fucking woods oh no absolutely not and with the with the point of like of the baftas and all of that like as I am a designer and being in the tech industry, mm-hmm. um, w- there is consistently that whole like, well, we need to find the best people for the job and all of that, and they just happen to be white, as is often the case with that sort of thing. Um, yes, but why, and, well, I was going to say, why, so, why do you think that is? I mean, it, we do not allow people to like there. There is such a high bar of of education and of and of privilege in order to get into the industry. And we just don't, we don't allow for people and we don't look for these people. We don't nurture them. And so, and, and it comes, and it like, statistically speaking, a more diverse team for, for designers or, or a tech industry, uh, a tech company in general means there's going to be a better product um, because they are being more empathetic with that. And so having a, having a more uh, diverse uh, cast and crew and all of that can only help having a more uh, fully fleshed out sort of uh, s- sort of experience for not only the making of the film, but also what goes on on screen. And also behind the screen as well. I mean, I think, I mean, I think, I think about um, the uh, just, a, a, just apropos of nothing, just based on, on what you were saying about, uh, you know, valid representation within the industry leading to, a better and more conscientious uh, representation of, uh, you know, certain cultures on screen. What was the name of that Magnificent Seven knockoff that uh, Adam Sandler did for his one of his Netflix movies? Oh, what was that? Was the oh, it was the yeah. um, I was going to say the Hateful Eight, but uh, I was going to say Hateful Eight as well. But yeah. uh, no, that, no that, was, that, that was a very uh, nicely done. Uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino oh. movie. And so the, the, the point I'm uh, trying to make is, uh, what was it? It was the, uh, oh no, I just remembered. It was the uh, Ridiculous Six, because of course it was. Mm. And we remember, oh, yeah. and we remember the, uh, uh, the Ridiculous the, the, well, Six. Well, yeah, the, the Ridiculous Six. And we remember the media, uh, circus around the fact that uh a whole mess of uh native americans who were playing extras and whatever just walked off the set due to due to the the behavior of key production figures and behind the scenes people and i would argue to uh goddamn t that uh, the only Native Americans um, in that movie were extras in front of the screen. Yeah, what is this, the 19, like, 50s again? That's a thing. And so it's, it's lack of representation. Did Tonto never happen? Well, I mean, Tonto, Tonto happened, and he, he happened as uh, recently as uh, 
2014, and he was played by oh yes a man yes. that only by the vaguest symmetries of his imagination is actually Native American. But hey, we're not going to name him. Let's call him um, Jay Depp. No, that's too obvious. Um, Johnny D. There we go. And but I mean, leaving aside all of that, I mean, let, let's let's. I mean, like we 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 can talk until the cows come home about how you know equality still needs to be a, a, a thing in Hollywood. Mm. Let's let's actually just for the purposes of this discussion, because we only have a limited time, give them the very very uh, temporary benefit of the doubt, and say, you know what, for this one year, you know what. Bravo! You actually got you it. You did a thing. You you actually you actually got it right. You know, I mean, like it's not it's not usual that uh, I'm able to say because I mean I am actually sort of an amateur prognosticator, and that's a word I wish I could say more often. But I love to predict the Oscars every year, and my art, as with all prognostications, is not picking who I want to win, but who I think will win. And you know what? This year, I got a lot of stuff wrong because yeah. so the, uh... because, because as 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 we'll find out in our deconstruction now, a lot of the a lot of the awards that people thought were going to go one way actually went another. We thought this was going to be the biggest Oscars clean sweep since Return of the King back in two thousand three. And it actually turned out to be far more egalitarian than I think either of us thought it was going. Oh to yeah! Be. So, Josh, buddy, let's uh, let's take it off. Let's uh, let's let's start with actors. Let's start with supporting actors. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it was I think it was no surprise that Mahashala Ali won for best supporting. No. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think I think Shannon was good in Nocturnal. He was amazing. I think if there was going to be anyone that was going to dark horse him, it was going to be Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water. Yeah, just just, be, yeah. just because he because he was in so much of Hell or High Water that he could almost be considered uh, a lead actor. It's same. It's the same play that uh, Viola Davis made with Fences, mm-hmm. that she was in so much of Fences that everyone said, why didn't you uh, nominate yourself as a lead actor? They criticised the studio for it, but apparently it was actually her personal choice to, oh, yeah. to, nominate, her, to, not, to nominate herself as a supporting actress, which I guess, you know, tactics-wise, she knew she was going to win. Because, I mean, she's been nominated, I, I, can't, I can't remember how many times for, for Best mm. Actor. So I mean, everyone, oh, ev- yeah. everyone knew it was going to be her year, no matter what. So I mean, I would suggest that like best supporting actress is probably one of the like you know is one of the only locks of the entire yeah. nomination process, and she deserves every leisure of that. Not just because of like what she did, which was spectacular, which was brooding and brutal and gorgeous, and she held. Mm. Uh, Denzel's gaze in every single scene that they had, which was most of the scenes in the movie. The thing about Mahershala yeah. Ali, I think, is that uh, it was another one of those, like, uh, you've done a lot of 
beautiful work that hasn't been appreciated, and we're gonna, and we're gonna give you we're gonna give you something. I mean, I mean, I mean, but I mean, but I mean, absolutely. I think, I think, I'm, I think we're going to be in agreement here. He still was the most deserving out absolutely. of all I the mean, nominees. You would have, he had, but he, but he had the perfect trajectory. He had all yeah. the uh, prestige bit parts in some amazing television series. He had House of Cards. He's had a great he year had, too. He had Luke Cage. He had a whole. He had uh, Moonlight. He had a whole mess of other parts as well. And so when it finally came, it was almost a foregone conclusion. I mean, I'm surprised they had Dev Patel for the Lion nominee. I probably would have gone with um, Sonny Power, who played his, his the, the younger version of uh, Saru. See, um, I think, I th- I- yeah, and no, I, would, I would absolutely agree with you. Purely because if, if you were going to do the Lion nominees, you would put Sonny um, as the supporting and Dev as the lead. But I think I think the, the the problem with that movie was that because it was a 50-50 split mm. and you're, you're naturally What's... inclined to nominate the child actor as the supporting and the adult as the lead, but they both shared a similar screen time, and also, see, I would have, see, I would have, even if you were going to do that, I think, I think Sonny was far more convincing as an actor than. Dad oh well, was. no, no one likes, no, 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 no one likes to say it, but the, but Sonny was was far more, you know, bless his heart, far more magnetic and glorious than than Deb was. That and that's first to, and, half and, and, and that's was ta- amazing, and that's to take nothing away from uh, Dev Patel. But the but the problem with Dev was was that uh, Sonny had to act a very finite amount of history, mm. whereas Dev had to somehow chart with only half a movie's time how many six oh, yeah. seven ten a years, huge amount of years yeah of 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 history and just make these like you know completely uh, at least it seemed to me arbitrary narrative jumps where he just goes oh what and then it's four years later with no real uh reason as to why so Mm. i think you are right i think i think it's i think it's incredibly strange i think i think i think um if like because we never did we never did a review of lion but i think the movie itself is actually a disservice to patel because mm. it gave it because it gave a glorious opening act to Sunny Panama. Fantastic. Who I mean I mean who knows if we'll ever see him again. I mean he's a he's a tiny child actor, you know, from the slums of India. And I mean like, you know, everyone likes to pretend that like, you know, Dev came from the same place, but he's British born. Mm. He, it's, it's absolutely not the same thing. So, I guess, I guess, I wait and see. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what, what, it what, was what, what comes in Panama? I, I, I can, I consider the, um, the child actor from uh, uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild a few, ah, a few yeah. years ago. 
Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to remember her name. Uh, Kevin Zale Wallace mm-hmm. was her name. And she was nominated for Best Actress at the age of nine years old. And and leaving aside the effect that winning Best Actress would have on a human being at the age of nine years old, I mm. also, to be perfectly frank, have to actually question, as, as I would the nomination of Sonny Panawa, exactly what amount of quote-unquote acting went into their roles. Mm. Or did they just... Be oh, I guess is that directing? Which, that which, directing which I mean, which I mean, acting, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, was 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 there was there performance the result of a very carefully crafted series of edits and directorial prompts, or was it actually they were just that good? And I mean, I know, like, you know. Mm. I mean, this this is a, a debate that can go on forever. But if, like, you know, someone says they were just acting as themselves, you know, you can actually go right back and say, well, isn't that what all acting is meant to be? You're just meant to be as mm. natural as you possibly can be. And if you are, then you've actually succeeded. I just... The, the, the point I would make with that is, well, you can be yourself and you can be natural, but it needs to be... And I know this sounds like a, a a contradiction, but it needs to be self-consciously natural. Yeah, if that makes any sense. I mean, you need to but, understand and at the same time, that you're just. Yeah, at the same time, you can still you can still say, oh well, an an actor of of certain of you know, let's say plus eighteen they're still getting those certain cues. So it's a hard thing to like pass through to be like, oh, well, who are we going to give it to? Like, are we going to say just because they're a child, is it purely an age thing? Um, Mm. Or is it because they haven't taken their licks? They don't have that life experience. Like, is there, is there a prerequisite? Is there an age prerequisite to then be a best actor? Or because in some ways there is going to be that, um, that acting is yourself. Um, and then that coming in from the director, giving you cues, the editor doing their part, because a good, the, the difference between the you know, best actor and someone who's not nominated is not just that actor's work. It's the entire cast and crew. Exactly. Well, it's, um, I can't, I can't remember who actually said it first, but, um, there, there was an actor that basically said, um, any performance I do in a movie is is not bequeathed to me. Anything you see me do in a movie is me, and it's makeup, and it's production, and it's the director, and more importantly than anything else, it's the edit. And I mean, and you and you saw that to an obsessive extent. In um, I don't know, I'm I'm just gonna like. Uh, as the most like occult example, let's use um, you know uh, episode one, Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. Oh yeah. Where um, I, I recall distinctly an interview where they uh, discussed that um, in the very first uh, scene where Anakin meets Padme. Mm-hmm. At the start. Yeah, yep. yeah in the in uh, Watto's workshop. Mm-hmm. 
in uh, take one, George Lucas liked um, Jake Lloyd's eyes, but in take three, he liked his mouth. And in uh, take six, he liked the way his head tilted. And he basically co-opted all of those takes together to what we see in the final film. So, I mean, like, it's, mm. it's, it's this curious, I mean, like, it's, it's, I mean, kind of goes back to what we are talking about in our Rogue One discussion, but in a, in a far more real sense, because it's actually like sort of manipulation of real actors, as opposed to the, uh, the occult construction of the uh, digital, yeah, dead, dead ones, where it's just yeah. like, how much, how much of our performance is, uh, is natural and inclusive in in a show i mean like i mean look look <laughs> hey man we we could uh talk about this stuff until the cows come home but i think i think not, oh, yeah. not to uh get it not to get get us like so brutally back on track but i think we can basically agree that um supporting wise viola davis she was well overdue yeah absolutely and Mahershala ali absolutely deserved best supporting actor and for anyone who suggests yeah. that like running running time is somehow an impediment to uh, receiving a major no. award, I would uh, tell you to go look at Silence of the Lambs and the fact Absolutely. that uh, Anthony Hopkins was in that movie for less than 20 minutes and won Best Actor. And you tried telling me that Ali did not hold a presence over that entire film from what he did Correct. in that part in the I mean, same like way are, yeah. that Hopkins did. Exactly. The point yeah. is... So, yeah, it was it, a, it, a, a no-brainer. That is a uh, beautiful reference to the 1994 film Pulp Fiction, which was actually nominated for Best Picture, but if I'm correct, lost to Dances with Wolves. The avatar of its time. Indeed it was. And I will thank the one and only James Dyke for that interruption. I'm sure he thought he was helping, <laughs> and I will give him a shout-out, and we will tag him in this podcast when it is over. But uh, that is indeed... And now it's not getting edited out. <laughs> well, no, it's not, no, because I'm going to continue with this. It's beautiful. Because you know what, I'm going to actually uh, helpfully segue this into a discussion about films that we, you know, thought would win versus films that actually won. Hmm. Because I mean, if we look back over, you know, all of film history, the Academy is glorious in making really, really bad decisions. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, Dances with Wolves, one instead of Goodfellas, Ooh. motherfucking Rocky, one instead of Taxi Driver. It's insane. A very you know, so, thing, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, King's Speech, one instead of A Social Network, Argo, one instead of Life of Pi. So, I mean, like, we can look throughout the entirety of film history up until the very present, and it's just, like, littered with the Academy making terrible, terrible choices. But do you know what? 
this year, against all odds, they actually got it right. I think despite themselves, they got it right. Well, in spite of a whole mess of uh, circumstances, they got it right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, it was refreshing to see. I thought this was going to be a, a crash, broke back mountain thing all over again in two thousand five. Um, well, so did I. I, I thought uh, I thought it was go- I thought it was going to be well, not well, not even that. I mean, I thought it was going to be a clean sweep, at least uh, mm. with uh, Crash and Brokeback Mountain. Crash got the uh, film, and uh, Ang Lee got the director back mountain i was terrified yeah, yeah. that uh this year we were just gonna have a clean goddamn sweep but damien giselle as he did actually do would be the youngest best director at the age of 34 in the history of the academy and then he would just sweep best picture as well but then out of goddamn nowhere the right picture won yeah yeah, and and of course, um, well, with that in the best picture, one and all, fat, like that, like what point did they should they have won that they didn't as well? So the best picture did not go to uh, La La Land; it went to Moonlight, deservedly so. Mm. We will do that. Like you know, Chazelle did win director, you know. I would, I, I would also, uh, I, I mean, like, I mean, look, I would argue that... I mean, I'd uh, love I mean, Jenkins to get it. Yeah, I mean, Jenkins would have been great, honestly, and I, and I, I know I might cop, I, I, I know I might cop some flack for this, but uh, I actually would have loved uh, Gibson. Perhaps See, for, I think that would have played, and that would have played into the, um, that would have played into um, what the, what the Academy does. And I think that, that would have, that would have been on par the course for for who they are. Well, I mean, they are all about redemption. Um, Chazelle just happened to be, yeah. And Chazelle is just he was the easiest way. It was the path of least resistance. Exactly. And it's and it's, it's nice to have the youngest director since I don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. I mean, if if there's nothing else, uh, I mean, the Academy A uh, likes patting itself on the back. And B, mm. it likes to pat itself on the back with young people. It likes to believe that that the 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 adoration of the old school Hollywood is not just held by people who are fucking seventy years old, white male, etc. etc. Yeah. It was it was, oh, it, they, it was a glorious moment for them to realise that young people might also actually like the old school. So it was a it was it was a non issue. For them to mm. for them to nominate uh, Chazelle as director, this guy who basically just made a two-hour greatest hits video of uh, movies that Hollywood has nominated for Best Picture in the last fifty years. Yeah. Now, yeah, uh, La La Land got Best Original Score. I mean, that seems like it was gonna happen. Well, it was. It was. It, I, well, I mean, it was never. It was never not going to happen. I mean, I mean, once again, it would be it's up against once you get a musical that's absolutely going to win win Best Picture. I mean, once once the musicals are locked, obviously people are going to, by proxy, agree that the uh, score and any original songs are all score lock. Although I would argue that uh, for Best Original Score, 
we should have absolutely had Mika Levy for Jackie and her glorious yep. atonal call deconstructions mm. mirrored perfectly the sense of disquiet that um, Jackie Onassis was going through in that film. Are you I, sure you wouldn't have gone with Passengers? Oh, fuck you. Fuck you so much for asking me that. <laughs> I, actually, I am I, generally I, surprised that is on this list. Yeah, well, no. Do you know why it's on this list? It's because it was composed by Thomas Newman who I yeah. can't actually recall how many times he's been nominated for uh, best original score before now. So, I mean, mm. he's kind of, he's kind of like, um, he's kind of like that guy that they'll just keep nominating, you know, even when Peter O'Toole. Even, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, except he's not dead. So they still got a chance. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> geez, I might do a mini review of, uh, passengers at some point because that film was disgusting. Hmm. In, in, in more ways yeah. than one. But I know you have a very strong opinion on uh, Best Original Song, even though I knew for a shadow of a fact it was always going to be won by that facile, vaguely melodic, you know, whistle of a tune that uh, Ryan Gosling half sings through most of the entire movie as though it was somehow I... creative. Yeah, well, okay. So, yeah, Original Song and, and two of the times it is La La Land. And and actually the other two and then two others out of the five are of uh, are of CGI films, which is oh, yeah. interesting. And I, I felt that, um, that absolutely. I'm I'm genuinely shocked that Moana Moana's How Far I'll Go did not get it. Lin Manuel Miranda is just like riding off the coattails of of Hamilton and all of that. Going I mean, yeah, onto this, he is a made man. Moana was was yeah. It was amazing, and I thought, "Oh well, this is gonna this is gonna happen." You know, if not, you know, how far I go, um, you know, you're welcome. Could have won it. Shiny could have won it. Like there's, there was multiple times where Moana, I think, could have could have swept up in this particular category. I think, and I think in any other year, it absolutely might have. But the problem was again, La La Land is a musical and so as soon as people get in their minds that a musical is the best picture of the year or at least you know like very much up there they're going to immediately assume that what makes a musical one of the best pictures of the year is a its score and b its original songs so unfortunately as soon as like people started saying that la la land was going to be a lock I was unfortunately, you know, assured in my mind that uh, score and song was going to follow. Hmm. I mean, that, I mean, and I, I, mean, and yeah, and I mean, and I mean, CGI films. Exactly. And I mean, it's, and I mean, it's not justice. Cause they, cause Moana is a musical. Mm -hmm. It absolutely and is. And you could say it has far more fucking singing than La La Land does. It absolutely does. And I mean, like if people want to actually like, you know, listen to our deconstruction of why La La Land isn't a musical, you can go a couple of weeks back and you can listen to our review and our deconstruction yeah. of La La Land. La La Land is a movie about music that contains exactly three songs, one of which is repeated over and over and over and over again and then masqueraded as a musical because it's suited Hollywood for it to do so. Rant, yeah. o rant over. But 
I mean, it, it was it was always going to be the be all and end all. I mean, let's 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 um, if we if we're talking about be all and end alls, I mean, let's um, let's ever so briefly uh, skim past uh, best original and best adapted screenplay. I think we always knew mm-hmm. that uh, Barry Jenkins, bless his heart, along with uh, Terrell Olven and uh, McCraney were going to win yeah. for Moonlight. Oh yeah! Once again, this is—it it seemed like a, a no-brainer for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there, there, there was, was a... there, there was always going to be the the dark horse of like maybe fences, just because August Wilson died before the film was made. Mm. You know, the Academy likes uh, a sob story, so they mm-hmm. very they you know there was always like the slim possibility that it might dark horse you know a dead guy, you know that might Heath Ledger mm-hmm. him. But in the end, the right man won, or the right men, yeah. I should say. And then uh, surprise, because I think uh, everyone, including myself, thought that uh, Chazelle would uh, take the gold in this one. But best original screenplay was again given to the right man. It was given to Kenneth Lonigan for Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, I mean, at you know, in saying that Chazelle, you know, has an original screenplay, it's you know, it's. You know, he's taken parts, the best hits, and he's put them all into one thing. I was gonna say that's like, that, that, I was gonna say yeah, that's like that's like me sort of like you know cobbling together my favorite moments from action movies over the past ten years and editing to the, get them together. And uh, people say, yeah. "Oh, that's that's the best original movie I've seen." It's not. It's just a new face on an old thing. And the uh, yeah, the ad- and, I mean, is, and, yeah, and, and I mean, and, and I mean, it's just like the, Avatar. Yeah, the same the, fucking story. Yeah. And the tribute, and we're going to say this in inverted commas, is so fierce and so on the nose that I mean, like, I, it, it would be obtuse in the extreme. I mean, it's 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 nonsensical that uh, yeah, it, tribute it, by it, way it, of it, circle. It, 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 it was actually yeah, nomination in the first yeah. place. If there was anyone else, I mean, like, if, if anything, like uh, the. The nominees for best original screenplay is, I would say, one of the most worthy series of nominees in the sense that, lev- like every single person and person's nomination in that category would have deserved to win. Mm. I would not have been upset about anyone winning. Taylor Sheridan from Hello High Water. The Lobster, you know, Yorgos, Lanthimos, and uh, Ethimis Filippou, you know, for The Lobster. And, -hmm. you know, Mike Mills, who is one of my favorite writer-directors who also uh, wrote and uh, and directed uh, The Beginners, which uh, which, uh, Christopher Plummer won for Best Supporting Mm -hmm. Actor a couple of years ago. I mean, all of those movies, yeah, right. I mean, basically, to be fair, bar La La Land, I would happily have seen one best original screenplay. So, I mean, again, it's it's a beautiful uh, moment of the Academy actually defying expectations for the first time in a long time. But um, yeah. let, let's go, let's go, let's move to like the moment where they, A, utterly fulfilled expectations to a fault, and also be utterly, uh, you know, damned expectations to a fault. 
best actor and actress. Yeah. So let's 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 start with with let's start with the soft stuff. Let's start with actress. Okay, so that's Stone. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand. I like I understand why they got it, but I don't understand why she was even nominated for it. One thing. I mean one thing. And who would have got it otherwise? Well, if anything, it would have been Isabel Hoopert. In L. Yeah, for L. Yeah. Now and I have not seen um uh, Loving yet. I'm I'm awaiting it. And to tell you the truth, I haven't seen Florence uh Forrester Jenkins either. Um I mean if, if you I want to spoil if you don't want to spoil think I will it, see if, it. if you want a spoiler for that, think of um, you know, Julie and Julia. But um you know, she's got fancier clothing. Oh, okay. It's your sta- yeah. it's your standard Meryl Streep. I figured it fa- was. Fans- uh, fa- Streep fa- doesn't fanciful, vaguely, you know, uh, period wear. Mm. I mean, not since Devil Wears Prada has Streep done anything like out of the ordinary for me. Well, not well, not out of like just the occult character yeah. acting. She's just yeah, she's just she's doing the Spielberg. Her like her good her like just pass passing is very good, mm-hmm. but it's nothing. It's it's nothing to write home about. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I mean yeah, but I mean like I mean Hoopert. It was basically one of those. Um, it was kind of like a few years ago when Emmanuel Riviera was uh, nominated for um, uh, best actress for Amua. Mm. And well, she's dead now, so she won't ever get it. But it was basically that kind of like last gasp. All right, this is our chance to sort of like you know, you've been doing good work for so long. Let's actually give you a chance to have a crack at it. And she didn't win because uh, some redheaded bird with a nice smile, who acted with Ryan Gosling in two other movies. One of which was fucking shit. You know, people. You're gonna have to be more specific. Uh, crazy, stupid love. That other award, <laughs> goddamn winner, and um, Ruben Fleischer's amazing follow-up to Zombieland, Gangster Squad, where Sean Penn basically played a Satsuma with a tan. Hmm. And, I never actually saw. And you can quote. Uh, and, oh, don't. Gangland. I'll tell you what. The only time I saw that movie was I saw it at the theater. I saw it with my dad, and we went to the cinema on a Monday night, and we saw it at seven p.m. And then about um, halfway through the movie, there was a car chase, and then the movie fucked up. And literally, literally no, in the no, cinema. No, yeah, or... it, no, literally in the cinema. The movie fucked up, and then the same ten seconds of a car crashing played over and over and over again for about five minutes until the whole system shut down. And someone said, "Oh, terribly sorry. We'll have it back again soon." And by "back again soon," they meant start the movie from the beginning. Oh. God. And because I'm a man that likes to get his money worth, 
I convinced Dad to sit with me and we watched the entire goddamn movie all the way through this time. And at the end of it, they gave us free tickets for another movie afterwards and it wasn't worth the free ticket. <laughs> so that's how bad Gangster Squad was and that's how bad uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling were in the last movie that they were together. Just saying. I mean, she has good, is crazy, she, stupid love that good? No, like for them to for that for that chemistry to to transcend that. Well, look, I'd say no, but apparently the answer is yes. So fuck me, <sighs> right? So, <laughs> what do we know? Yeah, I just she can she can swill a dress and like like flip it around and it looks kind of cool and she can vaguely sing. I mean, like I just. I mean, the thing that I just understand is like you know, basically, like every uh, every every reason that she got the nomination in this movie was because the, like every important thing in this movie was something that she could vaguely do. She played an uh, she mm. played someone who could vaguely act. She played someone who could vaguely sing and vaguely dance, and somehow mm, that was yeah. beautiful. And 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 I I like Emma Stone. I I think she's an enchanting. Um, actress? No, I mean, she, and I, I mean, I, and I, I, and I, and I really love. Yeah, and I, and I, I think she was the best part of this film. And, and you know what? I reckon that's why she got nominated. I reckon the reason that she got nominated was because honestly, there's a decent number of people that would never feel comfortable saying it, but they fucking hated that movie. But they were like, you know what? You actually carried that film. Yeah, you picked up and put a failure on your shoulders and carried that all the way through purely on the basis of good old-fashioned star charisma. And I think that's why she won. I honestly think that's why she won. And, you know, I really hope that this isn't the only Oscar that she gets. But see, but see, like, you know, and, and neither do I, but I have hope because you, you recall her acceptance speech it was the picture of humility. This mm. this was a girl that didn't expect to win and also didn't sound like she felt like she deserved to win either. She basically said, look, I'm here because of everyone else who has come before me. I have so much more to learn, and if you'll grant me, I shall continue to do so. I thought it was a, frankly, perfect acceptance speech given the film that she was nominated for hmm yeah and and and, and, yeah, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm beautifully said yeah and you know it was beautifully said it was very beautifully said I mean she she is a prior Oscar nominee for a, a far better role as uh, Mark Keaton's daughter in Birdman Oh yep, you know. So she, so she. That was a good film. That was a, that was a very very good film, and she was far better in that than she was in this. But then again, mm. she was only as well. She was only as good as the script allowed her to be. And you know what? Yeah. She was she was humble about the limitations of what led her to her victory. And you know what? I'm okay with that. That's groovy. Yeah. That's fine. And I hope to see more of her in the future in far more interesting roles. So. I mean, I think we've already accepted that, uh, look, we weren't happy 
necessarily about the fact that uh, Chazelle got Best Director, but it was always going to be a given. We're overjoyed about the fact that uh, Moonlight got Best Picture, and hmm. the reasons why. And the reasons why we are happy, you can uh, personally listen to in our, you know, uh, strong deconstruction of that film. The uh, the uh, elephant of the room, of course, is uh, Best Actor. Yeah, but um, Casey Affleck. Yes. Casey Affleck. So, and and this episode, um, I believe we I did mention it in our little uh, mini-sode uh, that we'll be talking about uh, the Oscars and Manchester by the Sea. Um, and and yeah, and this and and Casey Affleck's uh, win does does do that. It is an elephant in the room, uh, particularly all of the 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 sexual assault allegations that are against him. Um, with that, now. With this, I'm, you know, I think Denzel should have got it for Fences. Um, I'm not, I, I absolutely understand why Casey Affleck got it uh, for Manchester. I love Manchester. I want to go th- through with that. He, I don't think he needed to win this. That's very interesting because I actually feel, I actually feel the exact opposite. I think Denzel's... Uh, he's had his Oscars, you know. He's had a couple. Mm. He's had a couple already. I think. I mean, like, uh, and um, you know, credit to Denzel. It's it's a beautiful play, but I mean, like, if if there was ever a movie that could actually just be like, you know, if there was a subtitle for a film, you could absolutely call this "Fences" in brackets, Oscar bait. I mean, this this was a movie that was absolutely designed to win awards. This this is a movie that these guys had performed as a play for a year, and I just and also I just don't. I mean, I don't think it was a stretch. It was beautiful. It was very very uh, impressive and strong, but it was also very actorly. I mean, you could see the acting. And I mean, I'm I'm not about that. If I want to see acting, I I will go I will go to a theatre. What I want to see when I go to a film, I mean, it depends on the film. But in terms of films like Fences or Manchester by the Sea, I want to see just reality. And Casey Affleck was so brutally real in Manchester mm. by the Sea that it hurt. Oh, see that's see that's that's the thing about it. Like, he was he was great in that film. I just don't think he needed to win this one, with with the with the allegations and all of that. Um, the platform didn't need to happen. Mm. See the thing about it, the yeah. See see the thing I the thing I question about that is that it was it was the same. I mean, like I mean, like we could we could have a whole like extra discussion on this. The fact that um, you know um, that film, Birth of a Nation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was the guy's name who did it? But yeah, Birth of a Nation uh, last year. Yeah, and so it, I mean, like you know, it wasn't you know uh, apropos of nothing. Named after mm-hmm. the original yeah, Nate Parker. Uh, named after the original D.W. Griffith film, which was like just a, a white supremacy film. 
So, I mean, that was directed mm-hmm. by Nate Parker. It was written and produced and starring Nate Parker. And in, like, November of last year, or even February of last year, actually, when it first started, like, you know, getting traction, everyone was like, immediately, this is the picture to beat. And then all of a sudden, sexual allegations came up from seven or eight years ago that this guy was fucking acquitted of. Hmm. And this picture sank without a trace. And so I guess I'm actually, I mean, I forgive, forgive me, but I'm actually, I'm actually sort of making two points here and it's going to be two occult and alternative points. But it's interesting that as soon as uh, Affleck's name started getting into the mix, immediately uh, these allegations that were settled half a decade ago suddenly started coming into the mix. But at the same time, I would uh, suggest it's also very interesting that uh, these allegations didn't stop him from winning awards. Oh, yeah. Whereas acquitted uh, harassment charges from the same amount of time previous basically wrote Nate Parker's name out of any any possibility of winning awards I mean and that's a and that's I mean like if, if that doesn't suggest a racial bias that is still like you know predi- you know predicated within the industry I don't know what is but the point I guess oh, but the, it's yeah, absolutely yeah yeah but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it just it, it just seems to me it's calculated. That, I mean, you know, it that, that, like, may that, very that, well I mean, be. Like, I mean, look, I mean, we have to, we have to accept the decisions of the court, and if the court says the issue is settled, then it is settled. And so, I've sort of, I've sort of taken a, a viewpoint that a lot of my peers have felt uh, very strongly about over the years, which is basically that I am, I'm very happy to divorce the art from the human. Mm. And that's copped me a lot yeah. of flack over the years. And, I, 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 and I'm, I've, I've always been willing to do it with Mel Gibson, with Tom Cruise, God forbid, even with Roman Polanski, because that guy made The Pianist. Mm. Which one? Adrian Brody. Yeah. The, the youngest. Another the actor that... Best picture, best actor... Youngest Best Actor Award in history, actually, at the age of 29. Hmm. I mean, not uh, Woody Allen, but that's mostly because I think his movies are shit. <laughs> but but it is that curious thing. What constitutes as being too far? Well, see, where I go with that, because cause I quite like, you know, the Polanski film, like... Chinatown is one of my favorite films mm. and and I sit in a very peculiar spot for it um, I I will watch these films and I will try and divorce those actions uh, with that but uh, when it comes to the celebration of the actor themselves um, that's where that's where the that divorce does not happen for me. Mm. 
So I can I can sing praises of of Casey Affleck's um, acting in that, but it doesn't mean that I have to celebrate that, or it should be celebrated in such a wide thing because uh, the Academy Awards is is a symbol, and and they do mean something. And you are correct. And see, I mean, it's it's that beautiful thing where no matter how many times people say the Oscars don't matter, the fact is they actually they really do. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, that... I mean, I remember. I remember honestly. I remember back in uh, 2010. It was February in 2010, and it mm. was uh, the best picture was either going to be Avatar and or it was going to be The Hurt Locker. And I saw Hurt Locker in the tiniest, um, smallest cinema possible as in the, uh, the smallest screen possible, I should say, at the uh, God Help Us All If You're a Brisbane Citizen, the Balmoral Cinemas. Cost me, oh, yeah. cost, cost me $5 to go see that in a cinema that could hell, hold maybe like 20 people. That movie mm. won Best Picture, and a week later, it was... It was uh, in the cinema. It was in the main stage cinema that could hold two hundred people. People, people do pay heed to this sort of stuff. So, and they do. They don't just heed like you know this as like a a metric for what movies you should watch and what movies mm. you shouldn't. They look at this as an indication of, or just like as as an opinion of the way the world's working. And, and what what is happening with our lives and what is notional about life and death and about, you know, race and sexism. Mm. And, so, yeah, and, and, so, yeah. and so to disavow the effect of, of, of these sorts of things is, I think, uh, completely uh, ignorant. But also, dare I say... The Academy quite possibly got to have its cake and eat it too. Purely because they gave the best actor, and I do believe he was the best actor out of the nominees, mm -hmm. the award. But there wasn't much celebration about it. I mean, uh, no, I, mean that... I mean Brie Larson famously, we see it, we we saw in all the footage refused to applaud Casey Affleck paid tribute to Denzel and he basically looked back at him like he wanted to go uh equalizer on him mm. so I mean like oh that would be a good that'd be a good sequel <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, I'd pay to see that to be honest <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by equalizer 2 <laughs> still directed by Antoine Fuqua starring Denzel and possibly Casey Affleck depending on his career <laughs> oh, it'll be fine. He's a white guy. <laughs> remember that time? Remember that time Sean Penn came at Madonna with a baseball bat? Ah, yeah. everything will be fine. Yeah, true enough. But it is interesting. I am Sam. Happened after that? Well, gosh, didn't adjust, and um, well, I don't know what to think about that. Yeah. Did did uh, I mean for you basically? Because I mean, like uh, Manchester by the Sea for me was like this beautiful delicate and uh dare i say hilarious 
uh, film. Yeah, it it, it it was it was it was the it was, I mean I mean you could tell that it was a it was a movie written by a playwright, but it wasn't. I mean, if you if you want to look at like you know like uh, how to adapt like a play to screen, compare Fences mm. to Manchester by the Sea, because both were written by playwrights, but Manchester was a gorgeous organic. Uh, you know, uh, moment. And yes, it was written by a playwright for the screen, but I mean, and the dialogue was still mannered and it was still like slightly heightened, but it was gorgeous and it was cathartic. And it was some of the funniest stuff I have heard in a, in a, in a, in a, in a movie all year. I mean, the scene where like, you know, Casey Affleck and uh, Lucas Hedges are sitting at the table and he's just, pun- mm. he's just punched the window. And he says, what happened to your hand? And he said, I cut it. He said, oh, good, for a minute I didn't know what happened. Yeah. It's it's just... And it's, it's, it's Lucas like, was fantastic in that. I mean, like, well, look, everyone. Everyone was fantastic in that movie. You know, Casey uh, Affleck, Michelle, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler, Lucas Hedges, like, you know, all those guys... I mean, like, it, it was a beautiful film. And so, like, I, I guess my question to you, Josh, is, like, does the the context surrounding Casey's win diminish the film? And see, that's where it comes down to stuff like uh, Polanski's work. Mm. Um, does it diminish it? Um, I don't think it does. Like, this this film, like, though Affleck did stand as the as the the anchor of this um just as much so the landscape of manchester i believe it's called manchester by the sea mm-hmm. the town itself yeah, yeah massachusetts yeah. yeah um yeah that so it's time in in winter and and uh, and lucas hedges um acting in it i do think it was a, a fantastic film um the fact that they did have the you know the 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 mid-film reveal in that because it was, you know, starting starting that film, I genuinely disliked Affleck in it. Mm. I'd be like, this guy is a fucking dick. Yeah, this guy's a dick, and I'm just and I am tired of of white of white men being on screen and just being fucking assholes. I'm I'm real sick of it. And then that and then the reveal happened, and it subverted a lot of that, and it answered these questions. Uh, without directly saying these are the reasons why, yeah, and that's and that was powerful. That was powerful to me. And I think and and though I think you could have gone far further into that of a of the the desperation of a of a man who has committed such grievous harm. Although, to his own although family. Although, to be fair, I, I thought... Unconsciously. I, 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 th- I thought that uh, attempted suicide scene was more than enough. I didn't... I didn't... I didn't... That ex- was, I, that I, was I, I, I did not expect that. No, that was... Oh, that was... That was... <laughs> fuck. Well, just the... the, the, like, the I, mean, so... I mean, the instantaneousness the, of it. And the editing of that. The editing of that between... between like cutting back from it all between uh, them back to him and the the lawyer mm. um, of these of these momentous family shifts for him. Yeah, 
I thought that was beautifully done. You know, I... So I, I am... I was enamored by the film on it. It was, it was dark. It was, it was human. It was very human. Mm. And, and that humanity does have its, have its blemishes in it. Yeah. Um, and I can appreciate Affleck's acting in that, but I can also condemn him, uh, for any of the acts that he's done in his, in his life. That's the thing. I think we're in agreement on that, that you can like, like it's, and it's like I've always said, you can divorce yourself from the artist and the art that they inhabit. Hmm. So, I mean, like, even if I don't uh, agree with, you know, the shit that, you know, Tom Cruise does, you know, in his everyday life or whatever, goddamn, I can still look at a film like, let's say, you know what, Magnolia. And I can appreciate the art that went into that and the the beauty of the character that he inhabits, even if I don't necessarily condone the actor that inhabits that character. And I think I, yeah. I honestly think that that is an important distinction. But that doesn't that does mean that the that because of the actions of the actors, and they should be held accountable for their actions. I don't. That is that. a handicap that they put on their that they put on their films mm. then because i've now got to get over the fact of these things yeah if i'm going to go see if i'm going to go see uh, a sean penn film uh, a casey affleck film i've got to get past a number of things yeah and that film has to then has to be able to prove to me that it is deserving of of me to be able to see it because you've because of the because of the casting that you have done you have you have said something just by that, and you need to be held accountable as much as the actor, because you, just because it's a it's a good film doesn't mean that you have to go watch it. Uh, as film goes, our money is where we make the actions of what we want to see and not see. Exactly, and that's that's an important thing. Well, that's why, we are, that's why, that's even why, as critics, yeah, that's why I never saw Blue Jasmine. Yeah. And that's what we do. And, it, and, and that's and, the power yeah, that we have in these. It is. And it's it's always going to be uh, a divisive and nebulous process. Mm. And it's a, it's a cloudy line. It's a grey line. And it's always going to be about, like, mm. you know, what what do we decide is, is too much? Or what do we decide is, is, is just behind the line enough that we're willing to let it pass? Yeah, and it and it's very easy for us to just dismiss a lot of these things. But by dismissing them, we also um, have inaction, and it goes back to the the similar thing of, you know, if we if we as as film goers um, accept certain things and and reject others, um, then the industry at large should hopefully um, should hopefully follow suit you know hiring more diverse casting crew mm. you know making sure that these these sort of basically publicity checks on people to make sure that they're not only the best actor for this but they're not going to blemish a good film mm. 
by their actions. And then from there, there will be greater accountability because you're not going to have these outbursts. You're not going to be, you know, you're going to have to actually think about your, the consequences of your actions because that's going to, that could be the difference between you getting an Oscar and not getting an Oscar. Yeah. But also is the difference between you having a good film and having a great film. That, and it could that, be. And I mean, it, that, and that I is mean, the thing I mean, that we I get mean, to do. I mean, that's, that's the curious thing. Do you stand by morals and therefore possibly uh, construct a lesser film as a result of not taking the best actor or actress for the job? Or do you stand by yourself and have a film that is on every level morally upstanding, but possibly forgettable. That's. I mean, that's a hard. That's a hard one to say because it's a future. No, no. It's I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, and I, I pose that as a rhetorical. There's no answer. Mm. There's absolutely no answer. But I mean, that's that's the question. That, like, you know, film by film, I think, you know, people have to ask themselves. You know, what 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 I mean, what movie are you trying to make? I mean, it's that you know, the, it's how would uh, Indiana Jones look if Tom Selleck was Indiana Jones? Would it have been as successful? Like, it's those. It's a very simple thing like that, and we can look back on that, going, "Oh, it would have been." We don't know because we don't live in that reality. Mm. And it's yeah, it's it's an impossible thing to say, uh, but yeah, absolutely, that accountability needs to needs to come to it. I think, um, I got, yeah, to, I think if nothing, I think if nothing else. You, you can't go into these movies blind. No I, think, I, no, I think the point I think the point that we're trying to make, or at least I think I, I think I think the point we're both trying to make is that you, you need to have an understanding of what you're seeing. Absolutely. On, on all levels of production. I mean, like, don't just roll in. Don't just roll in blind. Understand what you're watching. Understand what was what was put into this movie. Understand who put into this movie i mean the the, mm. the this artwork is a reciprocal form you know we give as much as is given to us we need we, I mean, we, yeah. we, we it, it is it is it is the onus of an audience to interrogate the media that they that they in in you know indulge themselves with so i mean to to basically just say hey man that ain't me I don't care about that shit. I mean, that that's, it's basically, it's basically giving the industry a free pass to just keep doing what they're doing. It's on us. Yeah. It's like you were saying before, it's on us. As Josh was saying to dictate to the industry and to the studios, what we are willing and what we want to watch. And that's not just, yeah. and that's not just about, and it's not just about genre or, you know, the, about like, you know, race class or creed or anything like that it's also just about like you know the quality of the human beings that we are prepared to watch within these mm. products that like we will not take the notion that you know there there are reprehensible human beings making product it's like oh well it's good shit well maybe that isn't good enough anymore yeah it yeah, and I mean, if you do not think that even though La La Land did not get Best Picture, that, that we're not going to see more films like that, 
you're kidding yourself. It's not because seven people, one person saw that film seven times. A thousand people saw that. Millions of people saw that film multiple times. And that's Mm -hmm. the power. And so Hollywood is now going to look at that going, this is what people want. I mean, they, 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 they they are so reassured that musicals are back in vogue now. We're going to see a whole mess of musicals in the classical yeah. style. I mean, we've had musicals um, all the time. All the step-up movies. Yeah. They're basically musicals. You yeah. know, um, what was those uh, those those uh, barbershop, like, uh, quartet films with, with the girls? Elizabeth Banks directed them. Oh, Pitch Perfect. Yeah, Pitch Perfect. Those are musicals. Mm. Those are far more musicals than La La Land was. Yeah. The, name any Disney, like many Disney films. Yeah. If not most. Well, are, Moana. Yeah. Are you know, musicals. Or Tangled. Yeah. You know, the, the new... I mean, the, I think the Pixar I, films I, I, are I mean, like the new live action... Musicals. I mean, the new live action Beauty and the Beast has songs Musical. in it. They got a new mm-hmm. live action Aladdin coming out and a new live action Mulan. Those are all going to be musicals because they are movies that are that have music as an as as a, as a narrative construct. Mm. La La Land, and I will say it again and again and again until I'm hoarse in the throat. La La Land was a film about music that had a couple of songs in order to illustrate a point. It was a plot point. It was not a plot construct. And that is the absolute difference. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But I think at the end of the day, if we if we look at Oscars, and we look at Oscars over the past few years, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad, Academy. You've done okay. I mean, Suicide Squad's now an Academy Award winner. Yes, well, oh, shush. It was up against... It was going to happen if you look at those nominees. Well, I don't know. I still think Star Trek Beyond should have won it. I don't know about that. Oh, God, there was was some beautiful... uh, To make Idris Elba look like that? Come on. They, they, They put some blush on Margot Robbie. And they put some green screen dots on a few other people, oh. and it's like. But Jared Leto, oh, he he tattooed his face, mate. Oh, good. He got he he, he went downtown and got some grills. That, that <laughs> that's some makeup, yo. Nah, man. <laughs> I I refuse to acknowledge it. I will be dead into the ground before I refer to that film as motherfucking the Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. And anyone who does do that, I I. I'm very upset for you, and you can just wait for the. Uh, God help us all. The DVD. Si- no, 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 not even that. The goddamn siren film. That, uh, oh, that yes. uh, David Ayer yeah. is going to be directing as a follow-up, and if any of you Ugh. think that's actually going to be a good thing, um, I, I it was it was it pray for Mojo. Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! It's not going to be good, guys. Oh. Not, not, not great. Not great. Not great. No. 
But I think that uh, I think that about uh, does it for us uh, this episode. I'd say so. A, a, a yeah. surprising like a vitriol considering what we were talking about. I'm very impressed with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very... Listen, I'm, we got a lot of it out. I'm very, I'm very proud of us. We're, we're getting more civilised, I think. Hi, everyone. It's Josh from the future. Uh, well, at least the future of the recording. I... We got kind of a little carried away at the end and we forgot to do any of our end bumpers. Uh, yeah, so if you want to listen to any more episodes, uh, particularly our La La Land and Moonlight, uh, please go to fromthesilverscreen.com. There you'll find all of our episodes. Um, just a, a heads up, um, we're going to be doing uh, episodes um, each other week, so every fortnight. And in those off weeks, uh, I'm going to be doing a, um, a little mini-sode. Uh, that'll be to kind of prep you guys, let you guys know about the, the next film that we'll be, that we'll be doing, uh, where you can go and find it, uh, whether that be in cinemas or, in, uh, or, on, or on streaming platforms or at the last blockbuster in the world, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, so if you do have any questions, comments about uh, previous episodes um, and you want to uh, want to voice that, um, go on to our Facebook page uh, that came from the silver screen and, uh, and pop in a thing. I'll be answering all of that uh, there while you're uh, giving us some feedback. Why not give us a review on iTunes? Uh, five stars is preferable. The more of them we get the more uh, listeners will find us organically and it, it really does help us uh, build and uh, and reach more people. So it would be greatly appreciated if you could do that. Uh, yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, do all the things. I hope you're enjoying this. We're, we're going to be getting back into a, into a better uh, schedule. This is why we're making these sort of things and uh, yeah, so I'm uh, very excited. I'll be talking to you uh, soon with another uh, mini-sode. Uh, until then. <laughs>